This message is intended to be listened to after viewing a short excerpt from Back to the Future. To find this clip, visit joyeugene.com blockbuster or find the link in the description below. You can watch it now. Good to see you guys. You having fun today? Yeah. All right, good to have you. Hey, wave your popcorn at me if you got some. I have some stuck in my teeth, so if it spits out kernels at anybody on the front row, please forgive me. This is like at SeaWorld, the splash zone when Shamu jumps in. That's what this is. It's just preacher spray. We'll just leave it at that. So good to see you. Hey, if you've been here for less than two months at Joy Church, and you can name what that piece of equipment is that they need to work to travel in time, raise your hand, first person, this guy right here, blue shirt, boom, you got it. Oh yeah, there's a prize. Sorry, I should have said that. You want, what do you want, popcorn or a movie ticket? Movie ticket, it's yours, after church. All right, let's give him a hand. <clears throat> yeah. When the pastor forgets that he has to preach, he has to give a prize away. It's bread and circuses, just to keep the show moving on, right? So good to see you guys. I have a question for you today. We've just watched some clips from Back to the Future, which is awesome. Is there anybody cooler than Marty McFly? Really? No. Michael J. Fox, he's a man. Pretty awesome. Uh, I have a question for you today, though. If you had a time machine, what would you do with it? If you could go back in time and change some part of your life, some, some decision that you made, what would you do with it? I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about in your life, maybe the area of your deepest regret. The area that you would look back and say, you know, if I could change that, if I made this decision, I made this action, I, I hurt this relationship, what would I do differently if I had that ability to go back in time? I think the movie Back to the Future is very interesting. It's, it's a tantalizing idea that this power to go back and change your future, to change your present, to change your destiny by altering something in the past. So I want you to, in your mind as I begin to speak, I want you to think about your place of deep regret. Most people walk around, even, even young people, even 12, 13, 14 years old, and they have moments in their life that they deeply regret. There's, there's moments that if they could get in a time machine, get in a DeLorean and go back in time, they would change. They would change the course that they went. I want you to think about that thing in your life that you would change. I'll tell you a story about what it is for me. There's many regrets that I have of decisions I've made and things I've done, but one that kind of haunts me from time to time, and, and, and it, when I was preparing for this, it came up in my heart, was a story of a, of a kid that I knew named Kevin. Now, Kevin was not like me. Uh, Kevin didn't have a, a mom and a dad that loved him. He, he didn't have brothers and sisters around him that were uh, a part of his life and there to support him. Kevin didn't live in a nice house. He lived in a junky apartment. Kevin was not healthy. Actually, my dad had, the way that I knew Kevin was my dad had prayed for him because he was a drug baby. And literally, Kevin was in the news and he was called the miracle baby because he wasn't supposed to live and he was preemie and he'd been born and had all these problems. And so I remember that Kevin kind of looked a little bit funny because he hadn't developed in the right way. And Kevin was maybe a little bit slower than the rest of us kids, but my family would go and pick Kevin up for church on Sundays. And I remember that Kevin and I were friends, but Kevin was a little different. And I remember one day uh, with my, my friends uh, the, that I had at church, they were making fun of Kevin. They were teasing Kevin. And I had a choice to make. I could either stay with Kevin and kind of join against the gang, or I could join in against Kevin. 
And I wish I could tell you today that I was a hero, and I wish I could tell you that I made the right choice, but I didn't. Because I'd been teased, and I wanted to fit in, and I wanted to be a part of the group, and so I joined in and started making fun of Kevin. And Kevin didn't come back. I think he came back one Sunday, and he didn't come back after that. And I don't know where Kevin's at. He and I would be about the same age. He, he might be married. He might have kids. I don't, I don't know. But Kevin didn't continue going to church. Kevin didn't stay in our lives. And let me just say, it wasn't because of Jesus. And it wasn't because of the message that was spoken at the church. And it wasn't because he didn't get popcorn when he walked in. <laughs> it was because of me. And it was because of my friend's And unfortunately, as often happens, that choice didn't pay off for me even because then when he was gone, I became the person that got teased. And I very, very deeply regret that I didn't do the right thing in that moment. And I can't go back in time and I can't change that decision. And I can't, I can't not join with the the group. Like those are, those memories are in my head. That's part of who I am. That's what I would change with my time machine. How many of you would say, I've got some Kevin's in my past. I've got some moments that if I could go back, I would do differently. And it would change who I am and it would change me. I would change it if I could. Now, time machines are not real. If you have a time machine, please let us know because I want to see dinosaurs. (laughs) And then I might get eaten by one, but you know, nonetheless, I mean, if you have one, please, please inform us. But they're not real. It's a fantasy But what about reality? What if you could change your past? Or what if something could be done about the problem of your past? What if there was an actual, real solution to the problem of your past? How many of you would be interested in that? That if you could see that regret disappear, if you could see those actions and decisions changed or altered, that you would do it if you could. What if there was a real solution? And the truth is, and what I want to speak to you about today, is that you can. There is a solution. There is a hope. And it's found in the person of Jesus. Now, I know you probably, unless you were confused about coming to a movie and you thought you were coming into a movie today, and we even confused you more because we played a movie and gave you popcorn. I'm really sorry. We're just messing with people's heads. But you're at church today. You, You found your way to a church, a crazy church called Joy. That's what we're all about. We meet in a movie theater, as you know, and uh, most comfortable seats in town. Uh, But you probably knew when you came to church today that the preacher was going to talk about Jesus. And if you grew up in church like I did, um, and you've gone through all the therapy that you needed from that, then you know that the answer to every question in Sunday school is Jesus, right? Who died for your sins? Jesus. Who loves you more than anyone? Jesus. Who made unicorns? Jesus. You know, okay. So you know the answer to every question is Jesus. But with Jesus, you can see the regret, the shame, the burden of your past, and the weight of your mistakes and your failures be changed by the power of Jesus. And I'm going to explain that today. I want to talk about this kind of big, fancy $5 word called justification. Last week, we talked about repentance, which means that you're going one direction, you realize you're going the wrong way, you turn around and you go the other way, the changing of the mind. Today, I want to talk about this other big, fancy kind of religious word called justification, Justification simply means this, that you, are, you were once wrong with God, you were out of relationship, but in Jesus, you can be right with God. One way to put this word justified or justification is, is this, it's just as if I'd never sinned. Justified, just as if I'd never sinned. Meaning this, that with Jesus, the, the power of your past that is over your life, the negative power over your past, your wrong decisions and wrong actions, your rebellion against God, 
your mistakes, your, your shortcomings, that those things can be changed by the power of Jesus and it can be like it didn't happen. That you can be justified. That you can stand right before God because of what Jesus has done for you and what Jesus has done for me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ Jesus has become a new person. A new person. The old life is gone. The old life is gone. See, for all of us, we know that we have an old life, right? For me, it's Kevin in my past. It's bad decisions. Hopefully, husbands, your wife's not, you know, looking at you like you're my worst regret, you know. But there's something in your past. There's, there's the old life. And it says, the old life is gone and a new life has begun. You see, when you trust in Jesus, this is what happens. When you put your trust in Jesus and become a follower of Christ, you trust him with your life, with your hope. His payment, what he did for us when he died on the cross and offered his perfect life for you and for me, his payment becomes your payment. And his perfection becomes your perfection because Jesus takes your place. His payment becomes your payment. His perfection becomes your perfection. Did you ever have somebody in school who you wish they could take the test for you, right? Now, I'm a weirdo. I love tests. Like, I know some people are like, I hate tests. How many of you just hate tests? I'm a weirdo. I love tests. I'm like, please evaluate me. Could you scorecard me? Like, I want to I be timed. If I do anything, I want to be timed, you know? Hey, hon, I'm going to wash the car. Can you time me? You know? <laughs> Babe, I'm going to take the garbage out. Can you time me, please? Like, I just love to be evaluated. It's weird. Okay, I now have problems. Anyways, but for those of you that don't like that, and you hate tests, there's always that kid in class, right, the annoying one that can color inside the lines, who you wish that she could, like, take your place. For me, it was this girl, Melissa Blodgett. You know, I had a crush on her. Anyways, Melissa, she did this crazy thing. She would color, and she would shade the lines, and it was perfect, and I hated her guts. It's like, dang it, Melissa, I can't color within the lines, you know, and I wanted her to take the test. How many of you, there was somebody that was better at math, better at science, whatever it was, and you wanted them to take the test for you? With Jesus, he stands in your place with the test of life. You know, when you stand before God at the end of your days and your life is weighed and your life is measured, if you're the one that has to take the test, you might be a little bit freaked out. Let me tell you right now, I would fail that test. If I had to stand before God and he said, Jake, yes, sir. Are you perfect? No, sir. I fall short. Do you know, even if you get 99.9% in life, you still fall short. You still fall short. And when I stand before God, do you know what I want to happen and what will happen for me because I've trusted in Jesus that I'm not the one that's on the line. It's the work of Jesus. His perfection becomes my perfection. Maybe I got an 82 on the test, but Jesus gets 100% every time that he takes my place and his payment becomes my payment. His perfection becomes my perfection. He takes my place, takes the test for me, just as if I never sinned. You know, a lot of Christians are very confused and people are confused about the nature and the essence of the gospel message. The gospel message is so simple and yet so profound, it's easy to miss. And the thing that we tend to do is we tend to add on to the gospel. We tend to add on our own efforts. We tend to add on, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boost it a little bit. If, if I'm good, it works. If I'm bad, it doesn't work. And that's a wrong perspective. And we tend to use these, this language about mercy and this language about forgiveness and this language about grace. 
and we misunderstand the placement and the timing of the grace of God. You see, many people say, I'm saved because of grace. We sing amazing grace. Come on, get it, sing it with me. How sweet, put some sauce on it. The sound that saved. All right, good. Give yourself a hand. You guys are awesome. You're awesome. We sing amazing grace, and we love this idea that God is gracious, that he's forgiven us. But did you know when the grace of God was applied? It's not when you receive Jesus. It's not God's grace does not save you. You're like, what do you mean? What is he talking about? What is he, what is he talking about? You stand before God righteous because of justice. The grace of God was applied when he decided to send Jesus to pay your bill. You see, grace is to be understood in this way, that God was so gracious that he looked at us in our plight of darkness and despair, completely hopeless, completely lost, utterly helpless. And in this moment of grace, he says, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to pay their price. And he offered perfection. And Jesus took the full weight of God's wrath and the full payment for everything that we've ever done, evil, wrong, bad, failures, my Kevin mistake, everything. And Jesus paid it in full. So that now when you stand before God, you don't stand there because of grace. You stand there because of justice. The bill has been paid. Listen to what Pastor J.D. Greer says about this. In John 1.9, John says that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Notice that John didn't say that God is merciful and kind to forgive sins. That's because the basis of God's forgiveness of us is not mercy, it is justice. For those in Christ, this is the confidence we have before God. We don't hope we are forgiven, we know it. Because our standing before God has nothing to do with our worthiness, but the worthiness of the advocate who now stands in our place. Yesterday, I went to breakfast, went to Addie's Diner where they make pancakes the size of most U.S. states. It's awesome, you know? I mean, I love eating something that's bigger than my entire head. It's like a challenge, you know? And we went there, and Addie brought the bill, and I paid the bill, and when I was walking out the door... She didn't say, I forgive you. Okay. Why? You ate here. Yeah. You ate the food that we made. Uh-huh. It cost us money to make that food. Yes. That's why we paid the bill. Well, I forgive you. Well, what do you mean you forgive? You see, we tend to mistake that, that, that what Jesus did for us, he paid it in full. So God isn't looking at you going, oh, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. He forgave you when he sent Jesus and when you are in Christ, your bill is now paid. Which means that no one can come and try to collect. You see, nobody can come and say, Jake, you have to pay for what you did to Kevin. I do outside of Christ, but in Christ, Jesus died on the cross to pay for what I did to Kevin. Jesus died on the cross to pay for my greed. Jesus died on the cross to pay for my lust. He died on the cross to pay for my deep-rooted sin. He died to pay for it, but now when I stand before God, it's just as if I'd never sinned. Jesus entered my timeline, and he changed at a deep level. Come on, somebody. I think this is going to set some people free today. See, a lot of us as believers and as Christians, we misunderstand, oh God, please forget me. I, I need your grace. Do we need grace? Absolutely, but we need to understand that when we are in Christ, our debt has been paid which means you, you need to have assurance of salvation. 
So when you sin, when you fall, do you ask God to forgive you? Absolutely. I say, God, please forgive me. I'm sorry. But I don't stand in my performance. I stand in Christ because he's the one I'm trusting. Only by trusting in him can I even do, do better in my life. Amen? All right, cool. Let's move on. How does this work? In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, it says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. That's mercy. That's forgiveness. That's grace. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. The blood of Christ has made you right in God's sight. Just as if I'd never sinned. Made right before God. It's what we call positional righteousness, that Jesus is in our place. And when God sees you, he doesn't see your failure and your past. He sees a bright and beautiful future because he sees his son and the perfection that is there. Verse 10, for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice. Come on, somebody rejoice with me. Don't be jealous of my moves. I know. I got the moves like Jagger. No, I don't. I don't have any moves like that. Bethany won't let me have those moves. I'm not, I'm not allowed. Just put those moves back, sir. Okay. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't know Jesus. I thought I was coming to a movie and I saw the title of Joy and I thought that sounds cool. I'll go in there and you don't know Jesus? Hey, you're very welcome here. So glad that you're here. Or maybe you came today looking to find answers, find hope, whatever reason. You can leave this movie theater a friend of God. Well, I, I'm not worthy. Welcome to the club. Nobody in here is. I know people here. We ain't worthy. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We're not worthy. Never will be. Well, you guys look pretty good. Ah, we're faking it. It's true. We know how to look a little cleaner, but it's just, you know, it's not true. You can leave this movie theater a friend of God. Not because of anything you've done, but because of what Jesus has done for you already. It's already been done, and all you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is accept what Jesus has done. God has, has brought you here to this place. He wants you to leave as his friend, to rejoice in the wonderful new relationship that he has provided for you and for me. Jesus did something amazing. He changed history, not just the history of the world. He changed your history. He changed my history. He stepped into our, our past. He stepped into our mistakes and he paid the bill so that our future would not have to, to be defined by our past. So that our relationship with God would not be on the basis of our performance, but on the basis of his performance. He interjected himself into human history. This is the mystery of the incarnation, that God stepped out of heaven, became a man, and died for your sins, that Jesus died for us so that we could be reconciled with God. It's the beautiful truth of the gospel. Jesus changed history, made a brand new timeline available for us. Are there any fans of Dave Ramsey in here? Dave Ramsey, the guy on the radio talks about money, has a Tennessee accent, you know what I'm talking about? Dave Ramsey, yeah, get out of that, you know what I mean? Dave Ramsey, whenever somebody says, Dave, how you doing? What does he say? How you doing, Dave? 
better than I deserve. That should be the answer of every Christian when somebody says, hey, how you doing today? Better than I deserve. I've received grace and mercy and Jesus paid my bill in full. Come on, somebody. How you doing today? Better than I deserve. Better than I deserve. Let me tell you a story about this. So this week, I went camping with my family. Yes, hold your applause. No, 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 no. I'm just a man. I know, I know. I went, I went camping. Oh, Lord. Hey, we forgot something. What? Our house. Um, you do realize that we have these, like, boxes that we paid $200,000 for that we are, you can live in them, you know? There's, like, internet and air conditioning and, like, hey, let's go to the woods. I just got bit by something that I can't even pronounce. My son got poison oak. Like, camping. Woo. Anyways. I went camping. It was, it was fun. It was good. And I actually went out in the lake. Yes, I did. In the water, not a pool, a lake. And uh, yeah, thank you. It was awesome. And I was doing, I was doing wake skating, which is like, a, um, I should say I attempted to wake skate. Yeah, let's clarify that. Which is like a wakeboard, but it doesn't have any straps. So it's like wakeboarding for dummies, and I couldn't even do it. And uh, anyways, I'm out in the lake, and I'm, you know, floating there in my life jacket, and got the thing, and like, hit it, you know, and try to get up, and Fail, fail, fail again, fail five times, fail, fail eight, nine, 10, 15, like 20 times or more. I'm like, one more time, one more time. My wife's in the boat. You can do it. My, Evie's, my daughter's there like, dad, yeah. So I'm like, I got to do it. I got to do it. You know what I'm letting, I feel like I'm letting my family down. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm trying to wake skate and I just hitting the water again and again. I have water in places I didn't know existed in my body. You know, it was just shaking it out of there. And, and, and uh, I never got up. And so that night, I was kind of discouraged about it. You know, honestly, like I get back in the boat and my brother, who can like do tricks and he's, I hate him. Anyways, <laughs> Gino's like, oh yeah, look at me. I'm awesome. You know, <laughs> whatever. I didn't really want to do it. So I get in the boat. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I don't care. I know what I'm good at. Whatever. Just totally, totally BS. Anyways, I'm back at camp, I'm playing cribbage with my brother-in-law, Riley, and Evie comes up and she's really excited. Rides up on her bike, you know, and, and throw a picture, we'll throw that picture up. Evie rides up on her bike and she's like, Dad, Dad, I, I found a picture of you, Dad, and Dad, it's, it's gooder than you actually look. <laughs> These are her exact words. Dad, I found a picture of you, it's gooder than you actually look. I'm like, gooder than I actually look? What? Dad, it's gooder than you actually, okay. So she's like, come on. So Riley and Natalie and I, we walk with her and we go over to this picture. She's like, dad, look, look. There's a guy, I don't know if you can see, but he's on a wakeboard and he's stupid. He's like up here, oh, I'm so awesome. I'm so manly, you know, and he's, uh, apparently you're supposed to get on top of the water with it. Um, some people think, but he's like doing these awesome tricks. And Evie's like, dad, it's you, but it's gooder than you actually look. And I'm like, Yep. <laughs> yes, it is, hon. You know, with Jesus, you can be gooder than you actually look. You see, you and me, in our sinful state, rebelling against God, we're hitting the water again and again and again and again and again. And even the people that we love are in the boat and they're cheering us on. You can do it. They're encouraging us. But there's something about what's going on. And we keep hitting the water, making mistakes, failing, failing. And I'm here to tell you, hey, look, I found a picture. It's in the Bible and it talks about Jesus. And when you look at yourself, you know what? In Christ, you are gooder than you actually look. That in Jesus, you are justified. 
That in Jesus, your past does not have to define your future. That in Jesus, your bill is paid in full. And you say, well, I ate a lot of food here today, but he says, you know what? I got the credit card and we're going to get, we're going to take care of everything. God emptied heaven. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. He emptied the treasury and paid for all sin, all failure, all shortcoming. You can't out sin the mercy and grace of God. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all for you, for me. And you can leave here today as a friend of God. Now, maybe you're already a believer and you've already trusted in Jesus for your salvation. You need to leave here today in the confidence that you don't stand in your own performance, but that in Jesus, you are gooder than you actually look. Maybe you're here today and you are not a Christian. You, need to, you can leave here today as a friend of God. You can put your trust, your faith, your hope in the work of Jesus. And you can leave here as a friend of God, way gooder than you actually look. Ephesians chapter three, verse 12. Paul talks about some of this stuff. The apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus. He said, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. And he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward. To what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. This morning, I want you to forget the past. I want you to look ahead. I want you to press on and receive the prize. Let me tell you the secret to understanding this and the secret to what it is to be a Christian. How do you win as a Christian? How do you how do you get it? How do you receive the heavenly prize? You don't quit. You just hold on to Jesus and you don't let go. You just keep trusting in him. The scripture says, he that endures to the end shall be saved. And a lot of times we think, oh, I have to clean up to become a Christian. I have to clean up to be church person or whatever. We're missing that. No, it's about what Jesus did, not what I do. And then when we get Jesus, when we, when we become Christian, we think, well, I have to, to do, it, do something in a certain way. I have to pray a certain way or be a certain way or do a certain thing and, and that keeps me in. And the reality is that you can't make yourself in or out by what you've done, that you trust in Jesus or you don't, that we keep our hand upon the sacrifice lamb. Jesus is the lamb that was slain. For our sins, you just keep trusting in him and keep enduring, don't quit, and you're in. You're, that God has you. The gospel it's so little about you and I. It's so much about God and what he did for us. Don't quit. Don't give up. God has invaded history and he's changed your story. He's wiped away the past and you have a bright and beautiful future. So keep trusting in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen.